0: You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. It is a two-hour Seahawks show. Yes, a lot of it is going to be a preview and a look ahead. We're also going to talk to some of your favorite Seahawks voices. We've got analysts. We've also got Ryan Neal and Charles Cross joining us. But first, guys, let's start with a look back, recapping the Seahawks' win over the Cardinals. And we got to start defensively, right? You don't let an opponent into the end zone. You won defensively. That's a great day.
1: Yeah, it's huge. And, you know, only 300, a little over 300 yards. So, yeah, did a good job. Took the ball away a little bit. I thought, you know, there there was a couple of plays, and one in particular, Brian Monet, where he just marched the center into the backfield, tripped up the running back for a tackle for loss. We haven't really seen that from, from our D-line. It's, it's not like they don't have the ability to do it. It's just that they've been unsure. And, you know, they've not been... Um, and you can't play aggressive football if you're you're not entirely sure of what you're doing defensively and I yep. felt like they, they kind of figured that out and we've been saying that for a few weeks like they'll figure it out they'll start playing together and I think they finally did so yeah a lot of uh, a lot of good performances on the defensive side of the ball defense six sacks from six different players if you
2: take away Colin Murray's 42 yard run you held them to about 102 yards mm-hmm. you did give up a play over 30 yards the Cardinals didn't have one. Until that week when they did that, I started getting a bit nervous. But then we shook it off. Um, <laughs> I was nervous too.
0: It's okay. You,
2: you got another great performance from two rookies defensively. Kobe Bryant with a forced fumble. Tariq Woolen with a with his fourth interception in a row. So they checked off a lot of boxes, and I loved the energy that I saw on that defensive line. I saw some slants, some stunts with the the safeties. Defensively, it was exotic. I guess is what they call it. It was it was fun to watch.
0: Now the issue hasn't been Tariq Woolen, so I do want to talk about what was kind of corrected in this one. But let's start with what still looked good. That being Tariq Wollin, like you said, bump. He's got four interceptions in his many games. One more interception. He ties a rookie record with Earl Thomas. Two more. He sets a new rookie record. He's been exceptional. Did you guys see this coming? And what does he do so well?
1: Well, I, I thought it was a long shot. That's for sure. I mean, this is a guy, <laughs> you know, we were thinking, talking about this the other day. Who's the coach that decided to move him to corner? Right. You either send that guy a nice bottle of wine or yeah. something. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it's uh, I, I didn't see it necessarily coming I thought it was interesting because you know we've seen guys like uh, Therald Simon he was kind of that body type and I remember Russ uh, Richard Sherman saying he's the next me you know I mean like that's long
0: pretty, and lanky yeah kind and then
1: yeah. just the way he played and he was that's pretty high praise yeah. and it just didn't work out for him but for this to work out with, uh, with Tariq Wool and his rookie year and you know, I, I would compare it to maybe 2011. You had a lot of rookies that started that year. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is, it's interesting when you, uh, you know, are able to draft at the top of the draft, the how, how well it goes. I mean, this has been years with playoff wins and, you know, they're drafting at the bottom of the, the round. So, and we'll talk to one of those guys, Charles Cross, um, later. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit of a shock, I would say, with Tariq Woolen. He has a perfect, we, Jen. Uh, she interviewed him after the game, uh, during the broadcast, the game broadcast. And Jen was comparing him, rightfully so, to, uh, you know, Richard Sherman and people like that. And he goes, I just want to be Tariq. First, he said, shoot. That's because he says that a lot. <laughs> I would love for us to
0: interview him one more time so people can hear him. Yeah. But he's just so chill. Yeah, yeah.
1: so laid shoot. back. And, you know, nothing's going to affect him. But he's like, shoot, I just want to be Tariq Woolen." And I'm like, I love that. Yeah, yeah, you just I mean, look, it's it's natural to compare him to, to other players. But so I thought I loved that response from him. And the thing I think I've been saying this all week that really stood out to me. First of all, Pete Carroll is an old defensive back coach. He knows defensive backs. And I think, you know, he might sneak down into those rooms every once in a while and talk, you know, coaching uh, DBs. But he said he's not jumping anything. He's not taking chances. He's not guessing. It's just really good coverage. Same with Kobe Bryant. You know, you see now it took a while. Those guys had some, you know, penalties and they had to kind of figure out what you can and can't get away from uh, with. But I think the biggest thing is that you panic as a rookie. You're like, I don't want to get beat. So I'm going to grab the guy. Mm -hmm. And you just have to be patient and calm about it. I remember Trey Flowers. It took it took him a while to get that confidence because you have the bat. You're back to the ball. You see the receiver's eyes getting big. You see his hands come out. You panic. You think, I'm about yep. to give up something over the top. And so they both learned to – to. and the one – there was a knockdown that tr- or, uh, Kobe Bryant had that I, I thought was just incredible where he didn't – I think he had his hand resting on the receiver's hips and then he reaches with the other hand. You know, a lot of times if you reach with the interception hand, it's shorter. But if you reach yep. with the bat the ball down hand, you get the width of your back in there and it's just perfect – Technique, And uh, I saw him do that as well. So both those guys, he had the punch out as well. And, uh, yeah, both those guys are maturing. And, I you know, I'm just – I was hoping it was going to happen. I was like, it's going to come for these guys. Just yeah, but I didn't expect
0: it to happen, especially not by week six for, yeah, for I, really uh, well, either. Well,
1: I, I guess, you know, what we saw. And, you know, I thought, okay, it's probably going to take somewhere to the middle of, the, of yeah. the season if it does happen at all. and Because yeah. a lot of times it just doesn't for rookies. It's tough. I was lost my rookie year. Lost. I just didn't know how to play. Came back the next year. So, yeah. yeah, anytime a rookie does anything, especially by, you know, week seven, that's pretty damn good.
0: Bump, do you want to say anything about Wollin? Because I have a question for you about the rest of the defense and the pass rush. But do you... Do you have anything to add about Woolen, or am I okay to ask? We did. Perfect. perfect, perfect. Because I want to keep moving here. Uh, we got just a couple more minutes left of looking and back I to I the talked Cardinals. Talked for too long. No, no, no. But I, I'm going to look uh, kind of. Well, I like talking about what what's been working. I like talking about Woolen. Yeah. I like talking about what's exciting. But really, the the crux of the conversation every time we've talked about the defense is what's not been working, right? Yeah. So let's figure out what went right in this one later for Hawks Live. You guys are talking to Boye Mafe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to talk just about. It, it may not be him, but about specifically the guys up front and the run defense was better in this one. Um, they got six sacks after having eight over the course of the season. I mean, we saw a different pass rush. Is it because Arizona was banged up or did they figure something out?
2: Both Arizona was banged up. The offensive line wasn't healthy. You're playing against the number three running back. You're playing against an offense that is struggling. Now that's no excuse because we all know that Arizona corners, they're liable to, to blow an offense up really quickly. But when I look at that defensive line, I look at the play that Dave was talking about. Monet is bench pressing a grown man into the backfield and sitting him down. Mm-hmm. And then I also looked at the way they use Puna Four. Now they've been asking Puna Ford just to go ahead of guys and beat them. And that's not Puna Ford's game. So what I saw, I man, I saw a lot more slants. I saw them trying to shoot the gaps. Um, I saw the safeties coming down and being involved. I also saw they got into Nick a lot more. Kobe Kobe Bryant played 76% of the snaps. Cody only played 39 So. When Cody's out, Kobe comes in. And then they got into that that, um, that package where Josh Jones is at the the safety spot. You walk, walk Ryan Neal down. You got Kobe Bryant down. Those are like your backers, like a diamond.
0: Right. Neal gets a sack yeah, in
2: there. Neal gets a sack. It's just the way that they attacked, they were more aggressive. It's not like they were sitting back waiting for things to happen. They say, oh, we've done that for a few weeks. Let's press the issue now and be on attack mode and get our defensive lines in some gaps. So, Uh, Yeah, they did that, and this week is going to be a bit different. The Chargers throw the ball 42 times a game, only rush for about 95 yards per game. So it's going to be cool to see how they attack the Arizona Cardinals and what they do against the Chargers.
0: Question for you guys. Do you think that Brandon Staley and his coaching staff is looking at the Seahawks saying, I know we don't run the ball a ton, but until they can stop the run, regardless of what they did last week against Arizona, we're going to keep doing it. Like, Do you think we're going to see a pass-heavy Chargers team, or are we going to see them maybe try to run the ball a little bit?
1: Just remember, I think it was on your show. You had a quote, uh, or uh, it was a pretty long, like minute clip of Brandon Staley talking about the value of the run. Mm. You remember that? Yeah, and he was uh-huh. talking about you. You you wear your opponent down. There's all. I mean, he went on. It was very eloquent. You know, he's talking about the run game and how you know. And he's one of these young minds, and everybody you think, oh, he's probably going to throw the, the ball. the run. Yeah. yeah, he he's he loves the run. Yeah. So yeah, I could I could see him trying to test that. Because that's really one game where you didn't you didn't stop the run because they were dead last and um, yeah and, and the other thing you know I would say about this defense is mm-hmm. if they can start to you know eliminate the explosive plays the first drive um, Kyler Murray you know uh, short pass for for three yards and then there was a run for three yards and then there's a run for forty two yards. But then and then there's a run or a pass for 26 yards. But then all the other plays, the other seven plays, they end up holding him to a field goal. It's two yards, three yards, four yards. So, you know, if they can and I'm sure that Brandon Staley sees that and he's still going to try to test that and see because yeah. running the ball, and you know, this is a coach. Bob, I only coached I was only a play caller one time and it was for peewee football. It was my son's team, and we ran the heck out of the <laughs> ball, and it felt good, man. You control the game, yeah. You totally control the time of possession, and you just wear down the defense. And so, yeah, I would, I would say they're gonna get they're gonna get tested. People aren't gonna just go, uh, okay. They uh, they stopped the run against the Arizona Cardinals, so they're they're good now.
0: Uh, all right, we're going to go back-to-back with some uh, interviews here. Speaking of the defense, we're going to speak with Ryan Neal. Then we got Charles Cross joining us afterwards. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. We're going to be joined in just a moment by Ryan Neal, uh, former number 9 overall pick. Charles Cross going to join us after. And uh, since Ryan's joining us, let's start with the defense. We started with the defense with a look back against, uh, against the Cardinals, a standout performance by them. Let's take a look ahead to the Chargers. They have a unique challenge bump. I've seen you grind and tape. You talked about the Chargers earlier during our show. What uh, are some of the challenges outside of just simply Justin Herbert's arm that the Chargers present this defense?
2: Well, i got to mention it is Justin Herbert's arm. Of course. It's that offensive line that protects. It is the weapons that he has. Sounds like Keenan Allen might be available this week. Yep. Um, One of the best route runners in the game. You still got Mike Williams over there on the outside. Gerald Everett is having a good season. A couple touchdowns, about 20-something catches. Um, I, I highlighted this, uh, this youngster, uh, Parham, number 89. He only has three receptions for 57 yards, averaging about 17 per catch. But I think they're going to get this young man going. And then you have Eckler. So I just named you five or six mm-hmm. dudes that you have to, um, have to account for. And I, I look at this offense, and when I saw the seven sacks, I thought, man, I'm just going to see a lot of Dinkin' and Dunkin' going around when I watch the film. But I'm looking at it, and I go – they will run quick game and get the ball out of their hands, but they will take their shots. So if you are not in position, if you're not flipping on hips and you are running, then they're going to take their shots. And also, Justin Herbert is way above average attacking the deep middle of the field that's why I look at Quandre. I go, look, this might be the week that Quandre gets his first pick of the season.
0: Man, I thought that it would be week one. Little did I know Tariq would have four before Quandre right. would have one. Um, all right, guys, we have uh, practice just kind of wrapping up for the Seahawks. So we're keeping our eye to see if Ryan Neal's going to pop in here. But, Dave, I think we have just a bit more time. What do you see from the Chargers?
1: Yeah, well, I think the the first thing that stands out is that um, every week you go, okay, the Chargers, and then all of a sudden you start looking at their defense and uh, the players that they have, and you start going, oh, that guy's a baller, that guy's a baller. This guy, yeah. Drew Tranquil, you know, one of the inside linebackers, uh, is playing really, really well. Sounds Kyle. like
0: he's a little more disruptive than Tranquil. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Up top.
1: Did you really just slap a high five for that Earlier
0: one? today, Bump said, what'd you say?
1: What, chicken Guess butt? What?
0: Guess what, chicken butt? I was like, okay, if Bump's allowed to say that. Um. <laughs> I
1: did hear the term chicken butt. But uh, yes, when Bump and I did him. high
0: five over that joke.
1: Yeah. Then, and then Sebastian Joseph Day, who mm. daily knows what he's all mm-hmm. about, and he's having a really good year. Um, you know, they got Darwin James, Derwin James, sorry. And yeah. so, yeah, Sante Samuel, they've got a, a, a really good group of talented guys. And remember, Staley is the defensive guru, you know, and yeah. he, it was kind of weird last year because he took over and the Chargers were pretty bad on defense. And, you know, and I don't know what his level of involvement is, but um, but yeah, that now all of a sudden they're, they're starting to play pretty well. But, you know, more than anything, it's just that, you know, and, and on their depth chart, they don't even have Kenneth Murray starting. He was a first rounder linebacker out of Oklahoma. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, but this Drew Tranquil guy is playing really well. Khalil Mack. Did he have a sack of Russ on Monday night? I think he did. He had, so yeah, so he's got six now, mm-hmm. six sacks. So yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a challenge.
0: Uh, all right, so practice just wrapped. Uh, we're gonna hang here, see if uh, Ryan can join us. We have not in the twenty minutes that we've been in the huddle right now. Talked about the Seahawks offense. Now, granted, the Seahawks offense didn't have a standout week. They didn't need to. The defense didn't allow the Cardinals into the end zone, kept them to nine points. Offense only needed 19 to get the job done. And, you know, Ken Walker came out with a fantastic game. Um, you know, bump. we can start with Walker if you want. But um, tell us a bit about uh, about the offense and kind of the challenge that they're going to have or the opportunity they might have against the Chargers. Kind of flipping the script here.
2: Well, offense last week didn't have their most efficient game, but like you mentioned, they did enough. One of the knocks on the offense was Geno Smith was sacked five times, and I think that was a combination of him holding on to the football a bit longer than he normally does, so we need him to sure that up. You mentioned Ken Walker. What I loved about what they did with Ken Walker is they got him the football early. Direct snap for 17 yards, then he has another run for 34 yards. Get the young man going early. Now, defensively, when you look at the Chargers, I told her this earlier, Dave, I go, I want to go at J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson, the best corner in the game. I said he was insane. Years, he has 25 interceptions, the most in the game. But he was pulled last week. They pulled him off the field and they benched him because he hasn't been playing well. And I'm reading the articles. I'm watching the film. He doesn't seem like a confident football player right now. So I'm going to say, man, line him up. DK, Lockett, whoever. Take a shot to see where his mind is at. But you have to account for all the guys you just mentioned. James at the safety spot. You got Khalil Mack. Again, another week where these young tackles are going to be tested. Now, this is week six, seven. Seven. Week seven. These guys have seen Bolsa. They've been tested. So it's not like they're going in their green. They, they've been in a, a couple battles already, so can't wait to see.
0: All right. Uh, joining us right now, Ryan Neal, safety Ryan Neal, after a big week for the defense. Ryan, first of all, thank you very much for joining us. Man, always always me. a great interview. We're excited to have you here, man. Um, I, I don't even know where to start other than saying, oh, my God, the defense. I mean, how does it feel to... One of the hardest things to do in the NFL, keep an opposing offense out of the end zone. You guys did it. What worked so well this week? I mean,
3: just everybody locking in. You know what I mean? And like we came off of last week, we knew that that's just not how it's supposed to go. Even the past two weeks, we already know that's not our standard. And, you know, when you get pushed to the point where you get your back against the wall, you're going to have to do something sooner or later. So um, just going through the week, it was just nothing but just dialing in, honing in on the, the uh, the minuscule details between people and just working the chemistry out. You know what I mean? Understanding what's being said, who's seeing, you know, what, and all the other stuff. So It was just a good week, and I I really think it was a confidence booster for us. Mm -hmm. Just putting it on film, putting it on the tape, knowing that this is what we're capable of. So now. It's just time to go back and do it again. Time to turn the page.
2: Man, I remember hearing you uh, describe a situation where Tariq got that interception against the Saints, and you said, according to the down the distance, the formation they came out, like you knew what was coming mm-hmm. and you were communicating with them. I saw you run to him after mm-hmm. um, he got that interception. Would you tell him, I told you, I told all you yeah, it was coming. All that, all the first that. thing I Yeah, say. all that. I was like,
3: I told you it was coming, but then after <laughs> that,
2: even before the game, he's so doggone
3: silly. <laughs> he was like, uh, man, next pick, I want to play hide and seek. I'm like, all right. So as soon as he caught the ball, I'm just run to him so I'm like let's go go and see. So it was just I mean it was just it was a fun moment though. Definitely a cool playing the game and it just it's dope when like I said when you when you playing with guys and you know people seeing things and you know you trust each other. It's like hey when I see something and I know it it is what it is and it's the same thing with me and Quandre which is why I, I have a great relationship with him. Yeah. Like I got a filter when his voice on the field versus mm-hmm. everybody. Like mm-hmm. I can hear him out of everybody. So mm-hmm. if he sees something I'm like oh I know he sees something. You know what I mean? And that was just the same thing that happened between me and Reek. So. It was just dope to see happen, man. And I'm I'm always super excited for this kid when he make a play. I mean, it's just it's dope for you know?
1: real. Heck yeah. D-linemen don't like it when linebackers and DBs get sacks, right? <laughs> They'll be okay Did you hear about it. They'll be okay. They'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> They'll be all right. How'd that feel though? That was a that was t- kind of take us through uh, your sacked up.
3: Man, no, it was it was really cool, man. We had a, a good play called up and uh you know, we we fooled them with a look and they didn't pick it up and The funny thing is, I was actually supposed to go there and help DT, but, I mean, it just opened up so doggone wide, and I'm just like, well, I mean, here he is. Make the play, you know what I mean? So it was just a dope play call, and, I mean, it opened up right for me, and the funny thing was, like, it wasn't even meant for me to get that, but, hey, when you tackle kick back super deep, and it's just a wide-open lane, go make the play. So that's all it was.
0: I'm stuck on Tariq wanting to do hide-and-seek, and and it's not a judgment of it, like I completely (laughs) understand, but what I want to know is, would you ever say – no, and it doesn't have to be hide-and-seek, <laughs> but, like, a teammate says, like, here's the celebration I want to do, and you're like, listen, we need to talk this through. Oh, no, we're
3: doing it. I don't <laughs> care what you want to do. We can do anything. I mean, at that point, this is, it's fun. You know what I mean? You're making yeah. plays. Time to have fun with it, and that's the whole thing about it. It's hard to make plays in this league. So who, whoever got an idea, I don't care what the idea is. I want to be a part of it. Well, you know what I mean?
0: Hey, follow-up then. <laughs> yeah. It's okay if you don't want to share it, but what's rolling through your mind for your for your pick if you if you get your next one here against uh, the Chargers?
3: I'm going to hold the ball like a newborn baby and walk back to that sideline and keep holding it like a newborn baby because every time you get one, you're just grateful. So, I mean, you know, I ain't, you know, I just... It, I don't plan no celebrations. It's just whatever I'm feeling at the time, that's just what comes out. So
0: suggestion, make sure you swaddle it and like get like a Gatorade oh, yeah. towel and I kind
3: it. Like... I might get a whole baby bottle and everything. Yeah. Might get a bib yeah. something. I mean, you know, we gotta, gotta <laughs> take care of that ready. thing.
2: Yeah, for sure. So that's all I'm gonna do with it, man. Hold Love it tight. It. Yeah. So last week, you guys um, you guys shut down the explosive plays. That's kind of been the Achilles heel, right? This mm-hmm. big plays, you guys are in position. That first drive, um, Kyler breaks one off for 42, but then you guys buckle down and, mm-hmm. and hold them to a field goal. Um, when you look at this Chargers offense, they got some guys over there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are the challenges that, that they present?
3: Well, you know what, man? First of all, they got a, a great kid at that quarterback spot. I mean, we all seen him. He can make all the throws. He can do it on two feet, one foot, whatever the case may be. I mean, even watching film seen him throw like a freaking 40-yard bomb running away from somebody trying to sack him. And, I mean, he's just literally just and it's like a dime. So, you know, they got a real athletic group around them, the skill positions that, you know, some of the best you can get. Um, So I think this week is going to be a dope challenge for us on the back end and just all around, you know what I mean? And playing a team like this, it's all about execution and making the plays when they come your way. And uh, one thing the quarterback will do is he's going to give you a shot. You know what I mean? He trusts his guys that much, and we trust our guys to go out there and make those plays. So it's just all about making the plays when they come to you.
1: Austin Eckler is supposed to be, like, pound for pound, the strongest dude in the NFL. Yeah. No, he – Yeah. Tell us about uh, – God, did he have 173 yards a couple games ago against yeah. Cleveland? Yeah, he's – um, first of all, shout out to him. I think he's a D2 kid, D2
3: guy. Yeah. Um, Coming in making it, that's just – that's dope. I mean, I resonate with that all day. You know, undrafted kid coming out of a D1 AA, so that's dope. But, yeah, yeah definitely power for pound, one of the strongest people I've seen on the planet Earth. I mean, dude mm-hmm. is <laughs> – I mean – Little dude, but super explosive, super doggone strong. So it's one of those games when you when you when you go go hit a guy like that, bring something with you. You know what I mean? You better yeah. bring something with you because if you don't, he's gonna keep on rolling, and he's a, he's a
1: fighter for sure. All so right. Well, it's like respect. that every week, right? Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. always get, you, you got just freaks. Oh yeah. You know, you know, across, everywhere around the NFL, yeah,
3: across the league. But hey, if you out there, you a freak too. So you better make something happen. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So go hey, buckle up and let's go. That's
0: the right way to look at it. Yeah. Um, you were kind enough to join us after practice. We're gonna let you go eat. Relax, get some <laughs> snacks, prepare for this game. And uh, let's hope that we're seeing that interception celebration, man. man. I'm, you, I'm Cross tell you, I, need really it. I need
3: it. I'm overdue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overdue.
0: He is Seahawks safety, Ryan Neal. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time. All right, guys. Thank you. Uh, coming up next, Charles Cross going to join us. Don't go anywhere. This is The Huddle. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, Stacey Ross. And right now, Charles Cross. Charles, you are one part of a really exciting rookie class. Um, here's the problem, though. I don't want to put you on the spot. Right, this is rude. I'm the host; you're the guest. Tariq Woolen four interceptions. Why don't you have any interceptions, Charles? Um,
4: it's probably because I don't play defense. <laughs> it's
0: very disappointing. I'm very disappointed. Very
1: logical answer. I, I right just there. think I
0: just think you know if, if you were trying just a little harder, you could get one of those interceptions. No, you are having an exceptional start. Has to your Tariq
1: Woolen blocked anybody?
0: Oh, that's a great point. So, Is Tariq and yeah, having to go out there stopping this Chargers defensive line? I didn't think so. Uh, <laughs> you will, though. Tell us a bit about what you see from the Chargers.
4: Oh, um, well, they're a great defensive group. Um, they got some vets on the on the D line. Um, they really, just some good players. Uh, it's going to be a great a great test for us um, and our whole group. I'm excited for the
2: matchup. Yeah. So the the first time I spoke to you was Hawks Live in Bellevue, and I believe was it before his first game. Before your first game, uh, so now you're six games in. How's the body feeling? You got a routine. You all settled down now. What's it like being six games deep in the NFL season?
4: Um, yeah, uh, I, I got into my routine. I feel like I really got into my routine, like the third week, just, just being a normal week, um, take care of my body, hot tub, cold tub, sauna, get massages, um, just trying to stay on top of it.
1: Hundred percent of the snaps, man, every every game. Oof. What's uh I mean, every week you're gonna face a, a really good player. Who's who's somebody that that kind of stands out? Or are you one of those guys that there you know, a lot of people look at the opponent and go, Well, that's number sixty three. I don't I don't, you know, say his name or anything. Do you personalize your opponent or do you just look at him as just a number?
4: Um, I want to say I I I feel like I I do a little bit of both because everyone plays differently. Um but at the, end of the guy, he's a per- At the end of the day, he's a person. Like, I got to get the job done. Um, and that's really just my main focus.
1: Yeah, anybody in particular stand out so far that you're like, yeah, that was – you know, like Cameron Jordan, I know in, in New Orleans, that guy's like number two on the list of active players as far as sacks go and stuff like that. Any Anybody individually stand out?
4: Um, so when we played the Saints, he really lined up on the right side the most, the most so I didn't actually get uh, any reps against him. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's the league, so it's like every week, like – I'm coming. I'm coming with my A game. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to be the best I can be. Yeah,
0: what's been uh, what's been kind of a tougher transition, and then what's been kind of like a pleasant surprise where you're like, oh, I've got, I've got this. I'm, I'm better at this than I thought.
4: Um, as far as tough, just adjusting to the speed of the game. Yeah. Um, I feel like week by week I've gotten better and better at it. Yes. And uh, just feeling more comfortable and comfortable.
2: It's unfortunate Rashad Penny goes down, um, but then Ken Walker steps in. He has a good game last week. Um, so now you got two rookie tackles, and then you got a rookie running back back there. You got two rookies on defense playing. Uh, do y'all ever just link up sometimes and be like, man, it's, a, it's, it's the new wave. We're doing this, man. We, we got to help take this team to the next level.
4: Oh, I feel like I feel like it's already understood. Um, put in a position to take advantage of the opportunity, and you just got to take advantage of it.
1: You guys hang out? Rookie class?
4: Yeah. Uh, I go home after the practice. I'll I, I be tired, you know. So I just go
1: home, get ready for the next day. You know, I just ran into a guy that was drafted in 1987. That was the year I was drafted. Anyway, Lewis Clark, who works for the Chargers. Yep. And there's a bomb there, man, you know you know 35 years later um, you know we're we're just talking about old times and everything so i know there's time for that later but but it's pretty cool you know that you're going to remember these guys for you know the rest of your career and the rest of your life because this is really a good group of guys this is the best group of uh you know draft choices that, that we've had here for a long time
0: does the offensive line i was going to ask kind of Related to this line of conversation, do you guys hang out a lot? Go to dinners together? Do you? Is there one or two people you're you're a little more close with?
4: So as far as the offensive line, we spend a lot of time together um, because like that's our group. Right. I feel like we have a good bond and chemistry within our group.
2: Now th- this offense has exceeded expectations. Everyone pretty much assumed that the defense will carry the offense, but this offense has has been going, man. What's the the chemistry like out there within that offensive line and just the offense in general when you guys are going on these Ten play, eleven play, drive, and scoring and touchdowns.
4: I'm um, just communicating. Um, just everyone being on the same page, uh, working toward the same goal. Mm.
1: Gino just seems like he's totally in command, too. I mean, you know, we saw a couple of the audibles that he's uh, getting. It seems like you guys, yeah, especially Gino. Tell tell us a little bit about him and what you've seen yeah. his from his leadership this year.
4: Um, Gino's been a great leader, um, uh, not just for the offense but for the whole team. Um, he's done his job extremely well. Um. Getting everyone in the right position to be successful. And um yeah, he's been he doing
1: great, amazing. Yeah. Hey, how about your family? Have you had uh family come into the games at all? Has anybody come out to Seattle yet? Yeah, so uh they came out the uh, the first game. Um, that was a
0: good one for them to go to. Yeah,
4: <laughs> I think they came to I'm trying to think what other game they came to.
1: But your your family's back. Yeah, they, in maybe Atlanta,
0: right? yeah, back in yeah, yeah. That's a long trip.
4: It's like a four or five hour flight. I think. Mm. What do you miss yeah. most
0: from home outside of just family, obviously?
4: Food. What about, what
0: about the food? What, what food do you miss most you haven't been able to find here?
4: Um, so in the south, like you can go to the gas station and find like good barbecue or like good yeah. chicken. Oh, or, like, yeah. And it's
1: kind of hard to find up here. But, you know, yep. I make it work. Yep. don't buy barbecue or seafood <laughs> at, a, at a gas station. <laughs> not, yeah, no. not here, no, yeah, not here, not here. But <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I hear that about the South that yeah, you can get it pretty much everywhere.
0: There's yeah. a uh, uh, what's it called? Chef's table that they have a barbecue edition. And I did. I'm not from the South. And I didn't realize the culture of like being the um, the pit master, like how intense that was. And the actual like barbecue culture. It was from Texas. It's different. <laughs> yeah. Which place has the best barbecue if you're going, like, uh, you're probably going to defend Mississippi, but if you have to admit a place outside of Mississippi. I'm
2: going to
4: have to say Texas is a close
2: second. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right, so you, Ryman gave you a list of uh, Mexican restaurants. My two cents, I'm going to say, find a Mexican food truck. Mexican food The, the food truck. trucks. Best. That's kind of like, I would say it's the equivalent of finding, like, the good gas station, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You can find a good food truck. Go ahead and mess with the food. More of a statement than a question. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, what, what do you do you have any time to do anything off the off the field? Do you uh, are you, you said you're tired, you go home. I mean I, I, I hear you on that. Do you play video games, you watch movies, you got a show that you watch? Yeah, so I
4: I, uh, I do play video games. So I watch movies sometimes, so I like to go out to eat sometimes. Yeah.
0: Any suggestions for people? Movies you watched, video games you really like?
4: um so i play 2k okay um madden that was probably my top two i play a little Call of Duty. i'm still trying to get into it um movies uh so i've been watching the top top gun maverick yeah um actually austin had told me about the movie to watch it so i've just been watching it um uh, i'm catching up on the creed because another creed about to come out yeah yeah um it's really it. And, like, basketball season starting up, so I watch a few basketball games every now and then. You got a team? I don't have a favorite team. I just like watching the game.
0: Yeah. Any players? Are, well, you're a Lakers fan, so it's different. But if All some that. of your favorite players went somewhere, like if Kobe ever played for whoever, would you have watched him? Of course. Of course. Any gotcha. players you follow where you're like, okay, I'll watch to see where Bron, final year, by the way, but, like, someone else goes.
4: Yeah, I do like watching LeBron play. I like watching uh, John Morant. Yes. Um, Exceptional. I like watching uh Kawhi Leonard, um man, it's all me, Devin Booker.
2: Yep, yep. Uh, some
0: good guys, man. Well, look, there's gonna be some good schedules, regular season's finally back. Hopefully you find some downtime. In between this big game you got coming up to enjoy it and and kick back and relax a little bit. You've had a great start to the season, man. Thanks. All right. He is Charles Cross. Charles, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Coming up next, you guys on the huddle, we are going to hear from Geno Smith at the podium. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the huddle. Let's go hear from Geno Smith at the podium.
5: When you went back and looked at some of the third downs from the Arizona game, what did
6: you see? Yeah, just looking at the third downs from Arizona, um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, a couple of plays we just didn't execute the best. Uh, Some of those plays obviously were like, you know, we're third down in the red zone, you know, trying to score with the defense backed up, you know, so they're basically giving us the field goal. So, you know, there's there's some different situations in there and obviously we're trying to score, you know, and and trying to, you know, convert every single third down. Um, And and some of those things were execution, things that we can do better, uh, things that I can do better. And so, uh, you know, really just looking forward to cleaning those up.
0: The number of explosive plays by this team is
2: among the best in the NFL. What's gone into that, do
6: you think? Uh, I think uh, it obviously starts with great great play calling, uh, great you know scheming uh, and, and great plays by Shane. And then just overall execution, starting with the protection, communication, starting with Austin and going out to everyone else. Uh, receivers getting open, uh, tight ends getting open, me using my legs at times, backs. um, We have some explosive runs as well. And so uh, mainly uh, I just say it's a a collective uh, group thing. Everyone's pitching in and and then having explosive players. Uh, We have a bunch of those. What's the
5: difference in getting those plays versus relying on those plays during the course of
6: the game? Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, it comes, you know, twofold, man. Sometimes Um, you have to rely on them in order to win the game. And uh, sometimes they're pressing you and um, they're not giving you the underneath stuff. And so you have to go, you know, take your shots. Other times, you know, it just happens during the game and you're not necessarily trying to force it, but they're giving you opportunities and looks and sometimes those things happen. So for the most part, it just comes down to taking what they give you. Uh, I think, like I said, we have explosive players and that's allowed us to be explosive. Do
5: you like uh, playing for the Chargers?
6: Yes, I did, yes.
5: Was that Goofy?
6: I mean, you were there when the stadium was the other one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was cool, man. It was cool. Um, you know, the Spanos family and uh, you know, Mr. Telesco and the GM, all those guys, man, they um, welcomed me in uh, for the short time I was there. Uh it was actually Tennis rookie year, and uh, you know, a bunch of the guys are still on the team, but I enjoyed it. Um, it was a real good or- organization. Do you know Kenneth Walker, how do you see him embracing his opportunity? Like if you could chronologically when you first saw him come into camp and now that he's a starter. Yeah, uh, Kenneth is, uh, he's continuing to grow, man. Um, young man's got all the ability in the world. Um, he works hard. He studies. Uh, he does all the things the right way. Uh, he want, He's a sponge. He wants to be really good. And, um, you know, I, I just expect him to continue to grow and blossom, man. He's out there just, you know, doing some amazing things on the field. He's hard to tackle. He's fast. He's strong. Um, he brings a lot to the game. And so we're going to continue to uh, get him going, and I think he'll help us out.
3: What goes your head when you see him make that jump cut in front of you and get out to the wing on that run last week and now it's a oh crap I got to block somebody. <laughs>
6: yeah uh, it's fine man you know I'm just finishing finishing uh, the boot action you know just doing my part uh, trying to pull somebody out of there and he bounces it and you know I become his lead blocker uh, that's you know it's kind of it's team ball you know all 11 playing for one another and with each other so uh, it's pretty cool I mean I didn't really get a, much of a block but I l- at least got in the way you know.
5: The coaching point for a quarterback. Yeah, yeah.
6: Just yeah. try, try to stay, just get in the way, but try to try not to uh, put your pads on anybody.
5: The, the direct
2: snap to him—is it was that just a, a great play call based on what the defense was giving you, or is there something about his skill set that makes that work too?
6: Yeah, it's, it, starts with, uh, it starts with the play calling. Uh, Shane came up with that during the week. Uh, we said they would present some challenging looks up front, and that's one. You know, you got all guys, all eight guys up. You don't know who's blitzing, who's, who's coming, who's dropping out. Uh, but the good thing about it is that when you just snap it to Ken Walker and you got guys pulling out, guys coming on the edge, um, you know, he runs up in there, he gets, you know, 17, 18 yards, and it makes the D coordinator think twice about, you know, getting into that package. What do you think of that acting job that you did then? Oh, it was all right. Was probably, you know, B minus. You know, I could probably do a little better, but it was all right. You know, I think I got the job done, so that's all that really matters. Is there
5: any commentary in the team meeting on that,
6: on your acting job? Uh, not much, not much. I don't think, you know, guys were sold really with my acting job. It was more so they were they were blown away by what Ken was doing and his, his running ability and, you know, making guys miss more so than what I was doing back there.
1: What do you expect from uh, their defense?
6: Oh, uh, you know, they, they have a really good defense. Um... You know, I expect them to be physical. Uh, they got great guys up front. Khalil Mack, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, who we've seen with the Rams. Um, you know, they got a bunch of guys up front. Obviously, Joey's out, but they still have capable guys. Their linebackers are young and fast. Uh, they, they fly around, they hit. You got Dern James in the back uh, back end, who's a really good really good safety, one of the better safeties in the league. JC Jackson, who they just signed over, one of the better corners. A guy who's really you know, known for taking away the ball. Uh, Gets a lot of interceptions and things like that. So they got guys all over gonna be another challenge Uh, And I I think we're up to the challenge, you know, we just got to be on our game come out playing fast and and playing together
1: When a team runs as much of a certain cover like they looks like they run a ton of man coverage When a team does that is it common at all for them to totally change their stripes or do they they typically stick with that?
6: I mean, they can do whatever they want. You know, it's, it's up to them. It's up to their, their coordinator and how they scheme. You know, we can't say what they're going to do exactly once the game starts. I'll let you know when the game starts what they're doing. But um, on film, they do play a ton of man. Um, teams who have played man haven't done that to us so far. But you never know. I mean, they can like their guys, their matchups, and, and go out there and play man every play. Or can come with a totally new scheme and do something different than we've seen. And it's really up to us communicating and just being on the same page and doing the right thing out there. Is
5: that just a testament to DK and Tyler's talents that teams that play a lot of man don't tend to do this? I think it's anymore?
6: all our talents, man, not just DK and Tyler. But, you know, you got, you got Noah Fant, you got, you know, Marquise, you got D. I mean, all those guys are good out there. And, you know, when you put guys in one-on-one situations, you can only – double one or two guys, and then the rest of the guys are basically in cover zero, so I think, um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do until the game starts, but they do play a ton of man, and, you know, they also play a ton of zone, so we just have to go out there and assess what they're doing and make plays.
1: Is Detroit the only
6: team that really stayed with man throughout the game? Uh, I would say, you know, they they mixed it in. Detroit wasn't man on every single down, but they mixed it in. They probably played it more so than any other team has played us. But, uh, you know, we can expect man in certain situations, you know, because they kind of have to. But, um, you know, they'll they'll mix it in. They mix coverages and and, and try and do their best job to, you know, keep us, keep our, um, you know, keep us confused and not let them know what, what, uh, not let us know what they're doing.
5: Pete was talking about uh, D's development, just kind of in year two, starting to get a lot more comfortable. What have you seen out of him, you know, this season, but even in the last couple of weeks?
6: Yeah, man. D and I have been uh, studying together, man. I've been talking to D like every day, man. I think what he's doing and how he's coming along is so tremendous because he's got all the physical physical tools, all the talent in the world. He can make all the plays, um, and mentally, he's he, the game's slowing down for him. And you can see when the ball's in his hands, he's dyna- dynamic. Uh, and as the game continues to slow down, he's going to play that much faster and be that much better. Having worked with Tyler Lockett now for a couple years, why do you think he's so effective in finding a way to get open as
3: often as he does?
6: You know what? I think, man. I mean, for a real estate agent, you know, guys are probably underestimating him. Man, he's one of the best. He's one of the better receivers at getting separations I've been around. Um, he, he's fast. He's probably faster than people think. Uh, he's savvy. He knows the coverages. He knows how to get open, when to get open, and he's got great hands. You know, great, con- uh, great concentration. Catches balls. You know, crazy passes. Tracks the ball as as well as any anybody, anybody I've ever seen. So, um, and he's just a great human being. You know, all around, just a great guy. So Tyler is definitely one of my favorite teammates, and uh, you know, he just does a great job every single week.
0: All right. What we like so much from the Seahawks against the Cardinals and what do they need to do to get a win against the L.A. Chargers? Let's ask Lofa Tatupu. He joins us next on the huddle. This is the huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, Stacey Rost. And right now, Lofa Tatupu. Lofa, we are so excited to have you, first of all. Secondly, especially excited to have you as we uh, recap a Seahawks win and then preview a big opportunity against the Chargers. I'm going to start with last week, what the defense do so well against the Cardinals.
7: Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I mean, they look great in all phases of the game, you know, I mean, even the, the one, the one touchdown was on, on the botch special team snap uh, or, or didn't get the kickoff, but um, uh, the punt. And so other than that, I was really pleased with how we played all around um, turnovers, uh, these young corners. I've been talking about them on my own podcast uh, for the last several weeks that they're just continually to stack great performances together. And so, you got to be excited what you see. I mean, from this whole draft class, you know, getting those two guys, the two starting tackles, and, you know, Kenneth Walker doing what he did, there was so much good stuff going on. And then Gino playing lights out again. Mm-hmm.
2: Lofa, obviously uh, the defense has had its struggles. They got it together against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, how important is it or how likely is it that they take that energy, the, the discipline, um, the effort that they played against the Arizona Cardinals and transferred over to LA against the Chargers.
7: Oh, it's huge! You got to make progress. You know, you got to stack stack another great performance together. Especially, um, they, they essentially shut down the Cardinals. Uh, they, I think, the rushing yards. Yeah, you know, Kyler of his hundred yards, which is a lot to a quarterback. But I think forty or fifty came on one run. Uh, other than that, they did try to run. I think uh, eighteen or twenty times with with Benjamin and, and uh, Ingram. And I, I don't think either of them have had even three yards, you know, uh, average for the day. So really pleased with that. And then when you make them one faceted you know, like we always say, when we go in as a defense, you got to stop the run and not give up the big play. And and you know, we, we were forcing them to take shots down the field, and that's when you saw Woolen come away with his fourth pick, sixth turnover uh, on the season.
1: Still a few uh, explosive plays there, Loaf. You know where, you know they're they're letting them out of the. Uh, to the outside, to the edge and things like that. But what did you see specifically? We were just talking about Monet, uh, the the play where he takes the center and puts him four yards deep in the backfield. Uh, It just seemed like they were more confident and sure of, of what they were doing up front.
7: Oh yeah. They, they, they got after him up front. Um, You know, Monet, uh, Puna, you know, he, he ragged all that center for that sack that he got. That was huge. So, um, you know, I think just, you're playing together, the discipline and then, you know, gap integrity, which we talked about before, Dave, that that's huge, you know, trusting each other to make their play and then let force the game to come to you and not go chasing, chasing ghosts, so to speak out there. So, um, you know, love the way they all chipped in. I think we had four or five sacks. That that was huge. And, um, yeah, uh, who else uh, Jefferson and, uh, you know, Harris played well too, and we didn't even have Al Woods out there. Big Al, man. That's, yeah. that's been our, our best player so far on defense this year.
0: Hey, uh, I got to be honest, and I'm going to talk with these two about it later at one thirty. but Lofa, while we have you, I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm a little nervous, even after a good performance about this defense <laughs> against Justin Herbert. I mean, what's going to be some keys for them?
7: Yeah, I mean, just, they, they really, they do a great job of getting the big play. And so, you know, uh, with, with the receivers, you know, Mike Williams, and you know there's a couple others that are coming to mind right now. I haven't got to watch a ton of them, but mm-hmm. he's got the arm talent to go 60, 70 yards uh, if he wants to. So staying up top, keeping everything in front of them, and then rallying, and then just keep getting these turnovers. Kobe Bryant with his third force fumble, um, it's insane. You know, just, you can really... You can really damage, you know, or swing the odds in your favor to, to win. I, I forget the correlation. Pete had some crazy stat back in the day when we win the turnover battle. I think it was like 52 or 53 in, in all or 53 and one, there might've been one loss out of those 54 plus matchups that uh, that we didn't come away with the win so just keep getting these turnovers uh by the bunches and uh and you know get off the field and, and give give Gino and that offense some more opportunities but yeah uh definitely got their work cut out for them with with Herbert and uh and his ability and then also uh can't forget about Eckler man he's he's pretty special
2: hey loaf we are <clears throat> excuse me about to enter the seventh week of the NFL season um what's your what's your assessment of that that LB group so far
7: I think, they, you know, yeah, they've had some struggles here and there. I think really the biggest thing is because uh, they can both run and hit. Man, I love watching Barton and Brooks do that. So uh, just the communication aspect, you know, clean that up a little bit, whether it's, you know, talking with Diggs on the back end and making sure that um, things that, you know, aren't supposed to get passed off don't get passed off, and we we, we play with vision, I think they'll be fine, and they can clean that up. That's a small fix, and they really did a great job of it this past week. You didn't see guys just wide open across the middle as we've come to see in the first uh, five
1: weeks. Hey, Lofa, did you, uh, as far as taking on blocks, there's always kind of a fine line between, you know, and, and it looked like the timing was kind of off for in the in the run game especially. It seemed to me like, you know, the, the guard was getting to the linebacker about the same time as the ball. Like the, the timing was just kind of off, but you know, as far as like when you used to play, I mean, you know, every once in a while you can go under a block and swim it, but for the most part, you you've got to uh, you got to take blocks on and and just that part that specific part of the run game that you've seen with with Brooks and and Barton when he is in there, he's he's his uh product or not production, but his uh, playing time's really tailed off the last few. They've gone with a lot of a lot of dime and stuff like that, but uh, just, yeah. What are you seeing from, from them? And then, you know, when you played, what was your kind of strategy as far as taking on blockers?
7: You know, it's all perspective. And you know that from playing the position, Dave. I watched you play, and you were a heat-seeking vessel, man. Uh, I got that. I got the whole highlight tape if you guys want to see it. It was <laughs> uh, all these goal line hits and, and shooting the gaps and making tackles for loss. But you don't want to take on a block if you don't have to. So, for instance, like you said, if that guard comes up, there, there's a nose or, or a three technique or a tackle replacing that gap. So now you can, you know, with seeing the vision of the running back, where his, are his shoulders turned? As he turned to the sideline, like sprinting out, you can tempo it and you can stay inside out behind the ball. Cause you don't want to overrun it. And then, you know, you can find your gap or, or in the next place, you know, to fill space. And that's, that's really what it comes down to is, is timing and knowing when to take your shot. And so, um i think the new scheme has probably created a little bit of a problem for them in terms of you know knowing when it's time to go but um at the end of the day you know you got to be a football player so when you see you see open space you know go ahead and fill it and then you know chase to the ball and and that's really what it comes down to but if you do have to take on a block you must use your hands and i think that's the you know the thing that um i think bobby wagner you know outside of maybe carl banks because i'm talking about you know smaller linebackers in terms of like 245 or under the guys that those are the two guys that i've watched film on you know repeatedly in the past and how amazing they were with their hands they, there was never a block they couldn't get off uh and that that was really what if uh if i could you know tell these guys anything man, they I mean, just go take check that tape out because it'll show you how to stay alive in the play to at least uh lessen the bleeding of a big run, but, but also, uh, you know, Jordan, Jordan does a phenomenal job of when he sees the opportunity striking and shooting the gap. So, uh, I think it's coming, it's coming together nicely and then they'll, they'll find their way in the scheme. Last week was a, it was a great, um, you know, mark of progress. And so just, you know, something to keep an eye on going forward.
0: Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot with some predictions. You don't have to get the score exactly right, but two interesting games given our conversation today, the Cardinals against the saints tonight for Thursday night football. And of course on Sunday, you're going to see the Seahawks take on the chargers. Any predictions for the winners of those two contests?
7: Let's go. Saints And let's go Hawks.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Easy. Easy. Yeah.
7: Love- I can't wait to watch tonight's game though. You know, cause um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Cardinals two and four, uh, the first, they got they got some weapons over there, and uh, I I I would venture to guess that Taysom Hill is going to be getting more and more carries as the season goes on. Um, you know, with with after what we saw he, he did against us, and I mean he was such a big part of that offense back when when they had Drew Brees. Still, they you know they would mix him in more, and so I was surprised that before our game that we hadn't seen more more um, attempts or carries by him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh he is Lofa Tatupu. Lofa, we're so happy to have you on today ahead of this game to to give us some insight into the defense and a little bit of a preview for the Chargers. And uh and yeah, go Saints, go Hawks. I'm right there with <laughs> you. I like uh, I like those odds. Thanks so much, Lofa. Thanks,
7: Lofa. Uh, I appreciate Thanks, it. i take
0: care. See ya. All right. He was Lofa Tutupu, kind enough to join us on The Huddle. Don't go anywhere. we got more voices coming your way next, starting with Steve Rabel, the voice of the Seahawks. This is The Huddle. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. Joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline, it is Steve Rabel, the voice of the Seahawks. And Rabes, I got to say, I was so pleasantly surprised by the Seahawks' defensive efforts last week against the Arizona Cardinals. what they do so well?
8: Well, I think they did just about everything better than they have uh, the last uh, the 5 weeks previous. Um, But I think mostly it's, I mean, Pete has not come right out and said this, but some of the players have and and basically Pete has hinted at this and that is they just sort of change their, their ideas about those guys up front, especially. And that is find a way to put more pressure up front. And if that means just having a single gap responsibility and just taking off and making, making trouble up front uh, as a defensive lineman, and then letting your linebackers read and react uh, after that whatever it was and i think that had a lot to do with it it meant there was much better pressure by the front 3 and usually you know that front 3 means 4 and sometimes 5 uh in the in the pass rush for the seahawks so that all worked the increased pressure made it a little more difficult for the receivers downfield you get a pick um you know and and i think just by virtue of the fact, Stacey, that they played better and and all of that, you know, guys are playing tough and hard and making plays defensively. Everything just seemed to happen right for the Seattle defense last weekend.
2: Ray, first I just want to say I'm disappointed you were here live and in person last week. So I thought you're going to walk through the door, highlight yeah. my guy, but uh, I guess we'll make this work, Ray. Yeah. Well, I'm you know I'm at home. I got
8: socks I have to wash and things like that.
1: (laughs) Well, my only complaint is I think he wore shorts in here. He did. Yeah, that was disturbing.
8: (laughs) Hey, still got one. If you can wear shorts through October into November, then you're a true Northwesterner.
2: Right, right. (laughs) Hey, Raves, let's let's talk about this offense. A couple weeks now, they have not been as efficient as we were used to seeing on third down. How do they get back to their old ways?
8: Well, good question. Um, I, I think you keep doing what you're doing, uh, and that is you run the offense the way it's designed. You know, hand it to to Arizona. They've been doing it since since Dave was a pup, in fact, and that is the way they can kind of run some crazy stuff, sometimes unsound stuff, load up the line of scrimmage with eight guys and then pull five of them back at the snap of the ball, and you got to sort them all out right at the end. Made it tough on those young tackles, I think, a little bit. So but you just keep doing what you're doing. And that is having Gino read, throw the football. I think Arizona, too, had some pretty good coverage schemes uh, against uh, DK and Tyler opens up your your tight ends a little bit more. Uh, perhaps, uh, you know, Los Angeles. I almost said San Diego. Perhaps Los <laughs> I've been right? doing it all day. <laughs> I know. I know. I've already been told I'll be
1: excommunicated from the booth if I do it this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, Um, they're sensitive about that, by the way, because during the the TV broadcast in the preseason I did with Kurt Menefee, I guess uh, the owner was listening to the broadcast and was like, hey, you know, and I got word to knock it off. And it was an accident. But, man,
8: (laughs) well, I, I just I just think that that, you know, continue doing what you're doing and continue to get the ball. Uh, to Ken Walker the third cuz he really has proven now even in just this early this early opportunity with the, the Seahawks as a rookie that he's the real deal. He can run the football and uh and I expect to see him run it uh, well this weekend.
1: What's uh look at the NFC West raves it's it's pretty surprising. Like I thought San Francisco was a much better team than 3 and 3. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with the uh, with the Rams. What's uh what's kind of surprise I mean is that a surprise to you or do you think I mean cuz it's you look at the rest of the league; like Philly's really good. The the Jets are actually pretty decent. So, but uh, as far as the NFC West goes, what uh, what's your take?
8: Yeah, well, and and again, you know, some of those teams, like you talked about the Jets. I mean, you just can't continually draft high every single year and get lots of first round draft picks and high first rounders, and not eventually do better. So I think that's one of the things that has them go. Plus, Salah really is a is a pretty darn good coach, and he knows how to coach players and not just, uh, you know, not just formations and, and tactics and that sort of thing. As far as the West is concerned, yeah, I was a little bit surprised about the Rams, but their offensive line has been such a mess. Uh, you know, Whitworth retired after the Super Bowl, and they've been trying to put the, put the group together. Guys have been hurt. They've had receiver issues. Um, so, and, and quite frankly, Stafford hasn't been as sharp as, as he was a, a season ago. And the 49ers, I still think, because of their defense more than anything, um, is is the team to kind of beat in the uh, NFC West. Um, and are, are we a surprise? Yeah, to everybody else, in, perhaps in the league, but certainly not to Pete and his players. They, they knew what they had, and they believe in it, and I think they believe they're only going to get better as the season goes on.
0: Hey, Dave kept it to the NFC West, but I want to step outside of the West. Is Am I just imagining it, or is there more parity in the NFL this year? And, and if there is, why do you think that is?
8: Well, it, it, it always shows up fairly early on. I mean, we're only six games in. And mm-hmm. so, you know, for the teams to really start separating themselves, let's figure halfway or three-quarters of the way through the season. So, yeah, you're going to have a lot of teams that are kind of at 500 right now and or either a game or above or a game below. So, you know, it's really tough to kind of tell at this point. Uh, but once the season gets going and once teams have to start dealing with injuries on a regular basis, I mean, it looks, it seems like everybody's already doing that. I know the chargers have their share. We certainly have our share of losing our starting running back, losing perhaps our most dynamic defensive player. Um, but that just goes with the territory. Everybody's going to have to have to deal with that. So, yeah, I, I'd say give it another three or four weeks, and then let's really see where, where teams are. It'll start sorting itself out.
2: Raves, is there something you still need to see from the defense? Obviously, they had one good game, six sacks, six different players, interception, forced fumble. Um, are you still looking to see something from this defense? Yeah, do it again right. and again. Run
8: it back. Other time after- <laughs> That consistency uh, is what Pete is looking for. He's not looking for just coming in against the Cardinals, putting up some numbers, and then and then kind of going back to, you know, giving up 180 yards a game on the ground. You, you can't do that. And, and this is the kind of offense in, uh, in the Chargers with Austin Eckler. He, he's a break tackle kind of guy, and he'll get 100 yards on you before you know what happened. So they're going to have to continue to do what they did and improve on that bump I think every week and that's what uh, Pete is in this business to do is get guys to improve from week to week so yeah let's see some consistency now out of that and again if they can continue this consistency up front then that will translate into the into the back end with uh, uh, I think better coverage uh, more um, passes defense perhaps more interceptions we certainly hope uh, and and get off the field on third down so that your offense can get out there and score more points.
1: Well, this is the third week, Raves. We were talking about earlier with game seven, the third time we're we're facing a team with kicker problems. And it's just, Mm -hmm. and God, the guy in Detroit was all over the place. Uh, We saw Amendola last week and what in the world is going on? How does a kicker get hurt? anyways (laughs) anyways <laughs> well uh you know uh, that's not been, i guess injured himself on
8: his first kick uh, right? his hamstring and 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 kicked the rest of the game and made field goals with a bad hammy so you know more power to him uh i know you don't like kickers uh just as a rule I, like I don't
0: know if you could tell by his question I, I like how does ours. a kicker get hurt <laughs>
1: Well, and then like Ray yeah. said he, he pulled his hamstring. I'm like, how does he pull his hamstring?
0: By kicking, Dave. Oh, come on. <laughs>
8: well, oh, there's, there's a I and, and, you know, these guys are more muscled than they used to be. You know, they were just kind of the skinny soccer players uh, back uh, in the day. Now they're they're kind of football players. And Dustin, Dustin Hopkins, the kid from uh, the Chargers, uh, you know, he's a big kid. He's 6'2", 195 pounds. Um, and it just happens, Dave, for crying out loud. It just happens <laughs> so, well, between you and me. And I hope he gets well. And I hope he has a great career, uh, you know, but I hope he, he, I, I don't think he's playing this week, certainly. And, uh, and that's a good thing for the Seahawks.
0: All right. He is the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. You can hear him on the call this weekend. He'll be on there with Dave Wyman as well. Thanks so much, Rabes. Thanks,
2: Rabes. All right. Guys, take care.
0: All right, coming up next, an opponent preview. Who are the Chargers and what are the keys to a win for the Seahawks? That's next. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. Now we're going to take a look ahead with an opponent preview, this one of the Los Angeles Chargers. I've been uh, reminded to emphasize via that story. Don't get fined. Don't get in trouble. It's not San Diego anymore, okay? What even is San Diego? No, no, no. It's the L.A. Chargers. Uh, The Chargers are a tough opponent. Now, at the beginning of the season, you would have said, you know, this is a wild card contender, um, maybe the second, third best team in the AFC West. They've got a fantastic quarterback, a lot of offensive weapons, a good defense, but still some question marks. So a couple things to consider with this one. Let's start with the head coach, former defensive minded guy. We didn't talk about this earlier when we were doing a little bit of a look ahead. Brandon Staley goes for it on fourth down more than any other head coach in the NFL. So when I say this is really going to be an all four downs battle for the Seahawks, it will be. It's one thing to struggle defensively on third down with a guy who's willing to go for it in so many instances where other coaches won't. I mean, Bump, I'll start with you. Suddenly you're looking at a challenge where you're going to have even more opportunities here.
2: Well, as Tariq Woolen would say, shoot. (laughs) <laughs> the Cardinals went for five times last week they sure on, did. on fourth down. So these guys should be familiar with it. And here's what aggressive play calling can do for you. It can set you up, right? Because if you're going for it on fourth down, most of the time you're in the opponent's side of the field and you get, you're get you getting some momentum and mm-hmm. you're trying to push the ball forward. But um, if you don't get that, then it's demoralizing at times. So we'll see how aggressive he's going to be. I've been trying to figure out the charges, right? They're 4-2, and two, second in the AFC West. They beat the Raiders. They lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Jaguars, beat Houston, Barely get by Cleveland, barely get by the Denver Broncos. We talk about all the stuff that they Mm -hmm. have on offense um, and on defense. But for some point, I mean, for some reason, um, it's been a little shaky, but they've won three games in a row. So let's see how aggressive Staley is going to be. And I'm sure they're looking at the Seahawks, Dave, and saying this is a game that we can get.
1: Yeah and you know I have been very surprised by um, the defense cuz you know Brandon Staley Looking was like in a
0: good or bad way
1: in in a in a bad way yeah. because Brandon Staley with the the Rams was so good and I thought you know he's going to go down there take that defense yep. there cuz they had they were top 3 or 4 in every category with the Rams and you know they're 18th 23rd 18th in total defense 23rd against the run just You know, just kind of surprising to me. And, you know, I I was telling Bump, I was looking at their coaching staff and it looks like he hired a bunch of nerds because he is kind (laughs) of he's kind of one of those football nerds. I would call and I'm saying that affectionately because like Shane Waldron, you know, is that Andy Dickerson, you know, there's a bunch of nerds. Yeah. And and I I like that. (laughs) And I like the way he thinks and I like his strategy and everything. So but you're right. Bump to point out, you know, I mean, Kyler Murray's he's a mess, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of question marks in the NFL right now. I don't know. Maybe we say this every year, but, like, who in the hell is Kyler Murray right now? What, you know, what what kind of player is he? They just gave him a huge contract, you know. Russell, Russell's having a a tough year, man. I was watching the second half of the game, just, you know, watching the Chargers, and Troy Aikman was all over Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, he, he should have, you know, picked up that blitz and, you know, thrown it away or whatever. So, yeah, there's just lots of... Lots of mysteries mentioned. The Jets are good, you know. Like Rabel said, though, it's early. Yeah. But uh, you know, this is a this is one of those teams I looked on the on the schedule and thought, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. It's not like they have some huge home field advantage down there, but you know, I thought with Justin Herbert and Derwin James and Bosa, and he's injured, um, they they've got all kinds of really good players, and you know, I mean, they're four and two, but like you said, it could who, easily be who have they three beaten and three, right? Yeah.
0: Um, you mentioned, you know, when we look back against the Cardinals or or even week one against the Broncos saying who even is Russell Wilson, who even is Kyler Murray this year? And, and that yeah. being a conversation we're having at large, whether it's about quarterbacks, whether it's about parity. If we're looking at just the Chargers, I feel like I know who Justin Herbert is, but I'm not always seeing it um, or reflected uh, the offense as a whole in their win-loss column. Uh, I'll start with you, Dave, and, and Vump, you can sound off on this, too, because I want to spend some time on this Chargers offense. What kind of player, who is Justin Herbert, and who is this offense?
1: Yeah, a good question because not a great question, but a good question, Stacey. I'm I'm glad you can clarify (laughs) that. Yeah, Uh, But, you know, I guess I'm disappointed, I I suppose, in him because I thought his rookie year, I mean, it was pretty rough, but he finished the last four Mm -hmm. games with four wins. And, you know, he ended up having eight touchdowns and only one interception. So I thought, hey, man, this kid, you know, he's really going to go. The other thing about him is he's a big dude that can run. You know, he's a, he's pretty good uh, running the ball. So, yeah, I'd say he's a little on the disappointing side. And I don't look at him as being like, oh, man, we're going to have to face John Elway this weekend or anything like that. I, I just think, you know, I don't know if it's a down year. I don't know if he's going to maybe not be the player that, that I thought he would his rookie year.
0: Do you see a few more weaknesses than expected, uh, or do you see a lot of weapons?
1: I see a lot
2: of weapons. could be both. And you know what's crazy, Dave? I have the same feeling you have about Justin Herbert. Like, he's not the guy that we saw last year. And then I look him up, I'm like, all right, 1,700 yards, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions. Like, he still has good numbers, but it doesn't look the same way it did when he ended the season last year. And um, a guy like him is – on the verge of blowing up at any minute you know he has that much talent and that much talent around him that he's like a, a volcano that's that's ready to erupt he's ready to go so um you got to respect everybody in this league and especially justin herbert when he has all those weapons over there and they protect him and they take their shots so we were just talking to ryan neal and i agree completely with them like it's going to be on the back end mm-hmm. you know the back end is going to help the box if they can cover tight on the back end and give this defensive line and these linebackers time to get after the quarterback who
1: they protect so well. Um, it, could be, it could be a good one.
0: You've got to bring gonna... it,
2: though. Oh, when you,
1: sorry, stays uh yeah. cut you up. I was going to say, you got to bring it, though. He's 6'6", 240 pounds. Justin Herbert, Herbert? Is, Yeah. Yeah, big boy. Isn't that funny? I <laughs> yeah. mean, because you, you watch him run. Skinny tight end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you forget how big he is. Yeah, so holy cow. A little difference uh, from last week,
0: Uh, Jason
1: Kyler Murray around.
0: Do you think we're looking at maybe a shootout? Or because that's kind of been either that's been the tone of a lot of their games. And I'm just wondering, the reason I ask is because for the first time in a while, Dave, I know you mentioned that they're randomly facing another team whose kicker is injured. But this is this might be the healthiest offense they've faced in a while. Um, They've kind of gotten away with facing some offenses that have had, you know, whether it's Detroit, whether it's the Falcons, whether it's, um, you know, whoever offenses that have had one or two guys down starters.
1: Detroit and New Orleans both. Yeah,
0: exactly. I
1: mean. Not only, yeah, the kickers, but you, you're not seeing all of these, you know, their, their best players. Detroit, I think, was the one that stood out the most. DeAndre Swift was out, and then their top two receivers were
0: yes, out. Yes, yeah. And then,
1: um, yeah, same thing with, uh, with the Saints. Yeah. You know, and then you drop that one in New Orleans. which That's a bummer. That was, yeah, I hope that doesn't come back to bite them, because that was a game they really should have won.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering if the tone that you guys are feeling early from this is, hey, it's going to be on the defense. Or, hey, I'm not confident the defense is going to have the best or easiest time against this offense, and this might be a shootout. Like, what's kind of the early tone you're getting from this game?
2: My early tone is the Chargers are going to move the ball, but it's going to come down to, like every week, stop stopping the explosive plays and letting the offense get into a rhythm because we didn't see that rhythm that we saw in the past with this offense. And that's just, that's the NFL, that's football, yeah. right? There's going to be times where you lean on the other side of the ball.
1: You know, it's interesting. If you look at the numbers right now, if you would have told somebody in the preseason or before the, the season started that one side of the ball is going to be 30, 31, 22, and number 30, as far as defense, total, you know, stats, all that. Um, and the other side is going to be 12, 11, 14, 8, and 8. You would go, yeah, the offense uh, is going to be the yeah. one in the 30s and, yeah. and late you know 20s or whatever and you know the offense i have a lot of confidence right now in Gino because we're kind of talking about i'm like how many more games do you need to see to, mm-hmm. to, for to him? be convinced yeah basically. that he's our guy i think we're there i mean I, every every other one helps right but still i i have a lot of i have a lot of faith in in geno right now i don't i'm not entirely sold just yet yeah. but I have a, a lot of faith the defense, they're going to have to do this for a couple more times or yep. take the ball away at a, at a ridiculous rate. But, you know, that was a huge healing over the weekend. You know, 312 yards, I think they gave up, but because they were giving up like four.
0: It was bad. I mean, they were 31st. Yeah. So only the lines were worse. Um,
1: that was surprising to me, too, by the way. I thought the biggest difference this year was going to be the defensive coach. I did, too. Yeah. Yep. Hasn't showed up just yet.
0: Um, I like starting, the, we haven't focused on Gino a lot. We haven't talked a lot about that. Uh, the offense in general. Let's start there with John. Uh, inevitably, we're going to get to the defense. We're going to get to all kinds of stuff. But John Boyle of Seahawks.com is going to join us. We're going to get started talking about Gino with him, go over some injuries, and uh, wrap up with some of our final thoughts ahead of this game. This is The Huddle. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross, wrapping up with some final thoughts on this game and taking one last look at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, technically, you guys are going to hear a final wrap up on the Seattle Seahawks on Friday when the head coach Pete Carroll does his final interview update that happens around 2 p.m. But uh, before we get to that this team is mostly healthy heading into LA which is hugely important because they've been facing some banged up offenses they're facing a relatively healthy Chargers team as well uh, but a Chargers team that as the three of us talked about Uh, in our last segment is not really playing the way that you thought that they would. Expectations were so high. I mean, in the, in the AFC West, I think that people still saw Kansas city as a favorite. You knew that Derek Carr and and, uh, the Raiders would get something done. You knew or expected rather that Russell Wilson and the Broncos would be able to do something. Um, But the chargers had this big arm with Justin Herbert, these big free agent acquisitions uh, on defense. And yet despite having an okay record, they've, They've at times underperformed. So um, let's talk about where some of the opportunities are for Seattle in this one, uh, just to maybe ease anyone like myself that has some nerves about Justin Herbert versus the defense. Um, so we're going to start with uh, I'll start with bump. I'll jump over to John and then uh, we'll kind of just cycle through as we talk about some of this. Oh, just kidding. You're right. OK, we got John. John, I, I like bump. I'm going with John. First. Sorry, guys. I'm That's late. OK. That's OK. Uh John, we were just saying how the Chargers, a good team, but maybe some weaknesses that we didn't anticipate to start the season. Where do you see some opportunities for, for the Seahawks in this one?
5: Yeah, I guess maybe we just all assumed, given their quarterback and kind of everything surrounding that team, some of the weapons, I think most of us thought they were going to be a little more explosive, bigger numbers offensively. I don't think that means, you know, the Seahawks can take them lightly. By any means, they've basically played one good, two good games of defense this year and some pretty poor ones, so they got to be on their business. But yeah, I mean... I don't look at this opponent and think like this is some huge overmatched situation here. I think the Seahawks definitely can hang in this one. Uh,
1: you know, we were talking to Rabel, and of course, he, you know he he's been around the game for a hundred years, so hey he now knows. <laughs> That seems <laughs> no, but unnecessary. He's, they've been going back and forth. Oh, it's necessary, Boyle. <laughs> you should hear what he says to me. No, uh, but no, he, he pointed out rightly. So it's it's you know six weeks in. But, yeah, but still, it's been kind of a surprising year. We were talking about like the AFC West. I got to say, our guy, my guy, Louis Riddick, who came on our mm-hmm. show, he predicted that the Broncos were going to finish last in the AFC West. I thought that was a bold prediction. But is it too early to, to figure out the NFL? And Yeah. You know, there, there's been lots of surprises. You know, like the Russ thing is a surprise. The Geno thing is a surprise. Yeah. So, you know.
5: We'll I, just... I think it's – I mean, there's things you can start to see. Like, okay, the Eagles are actually really good. And, yeah. you know, the, the New York teams look a lot better than we thought they were. And, like you said, the Broncos. But – I I don't think you can make definitive judgments about team six weeks. And so much can change, especially with 17 games. I mean,
1: I I just don't remember this many question marks, though. Yeah. Maybe it's like this every year. To me, the
5: wildest one is just the parody in the NFC. You've got, you know, a couple teams with one or two losses and the Eagles out there alone first. But otherwise, everybody's right in the middle. There's just this huge middle where and the Seahawks fall right in there. Like so many of these races could go so many ways right now. Now, I look at just by the
2: numbers at least, the Chargers offense. And they're not explosive, but they're still the seventh-ranked offense in the league. They still put up 280 pass yards per game. That's number three in the league. If there's any weakness, it's the run game. And I feel like the Chargers look at the Seahawks and say, all right, we're not good at the run, but we still got Austin Eckler back there. We're still going to give him a chance because everyone else has been able to run against them. So it's weird, man, because – and then you look at the points that they put up, 23 points per game. So they're moving the ball, but they're not putting it in the end zone like the elite teams do, and like I was just telling Dave, boy, I'm like, I look at Justin Herbert as like a, a, a volcano that can erupt at any moment. Yeah. Like he has the talent to do it, and um, and I think uh, they're gonna attack the the Seahawks, but I also don't look at them as this is the team that the Hawks can beat. I think that if the uh, if the defense could be good on the back end, give that box some time to work, give pressure on on Justin Herbert, uh, you never know. Like this is the this is the NFL, man. Like you mentioned, the the freaking. Philly's six and and0 Dallas mm-hmm. is, is what five and five four and four one. Or? The Giants are four and two. The Giants two. are five and one. Like I don't know what's going on.
5: You know yeah. I'm just I'm taking it week by Minnesota's week. five and one. Yeah, I did not yeah. see the
0: Vikings being yeah. five yeah. and one at all.
5: Yeah, I mean look, the Chargers are four and two and they're they're winning games, close games, but they're not a team that if you're the Seahawks, you look at it like, hey, we're going to L.A. and we're in big trouble and can't yeah. angle this team. Like the Seahawks team is. Going to be feisty all year. I'm not going to go out and predict how many games they win, but they're not going to back down from any challenge. And we've seen they can do a lot of really good things offensively. And defense looks to have turned a corner a little bit last week.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you what you've heard uh, from the defensive coaches and the players and stuff this week that that is different from from weeks past.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think you know the, the main thing is they have to believe sustainable, and they do. Like you know, Arizona was struggling; they're missing some guys, and you don't want to just. Go, oh, we played well in this game, everything's fixed. Like they know they still can get better and need to. But a lot of the talk this week has been some things they're doing differently up front, just the way, you know, they don't want to give away too much schematic stuff, but just the way they're kind of freeing guys up to do a little more playmaking wise and be more aggressive on the line. And it paid big dividends. I mean, that, that group had its best game by far as a front and got to the quarterback a whole bunch. And that won't be easy this week. Herbert's only been sacked, I think, seven times. So they get the ball out quick, but yeah, that that front You know, I say front four Mm because I forget that they only play three down linemen, but really it's a front five with outside linebackers. And they were really disruptive both in the run game and the passing game.
0: Um, We've been talking about uh, some of the surprises for the Chargers, and we've also been talking about how great this rookie class has been. That's one surprise for me. Outside of Seattle, the Vikings being great is one surprise for me. Um, What's something that's uh, surprised you so far about this season in and or outside of Seattle.
5: Yeah, I mean, in Seattle, it's definitely Geno Smith. I mean, look, I know he was confident, and the team was confident in him to give him that job, but I'm not going to pretend to tell you that I thought he was going to put out the numbers yeah. he has so far, and then the rookie class for sure. I think outside of the league is just, to me, it's how much parity there is outside of maybe, you know, we're talking what are the, like, true like top-tier teams. teams, like Buffalo, Kansas City, and the Eagles kind of seem to have separated themselves, and then it's pretty much everybody. So. Yeah. That's really surprised me, too, just how much parody there seems to be.
1: Hey, I wanted to ask you, um, Jamal Adams and and Rashad Penny, do those guys, do they go home? Are they around? Do we see them around here at I, all? From
5: what I've seen just on social media, I haven't seen anything from Penny, but I know Adams tends to, you know, when he has other surgeries, he, he tends to go home and do most of his rehab there. I I believe that's the case, again, just based solely on what he posts. But generally, guys, you know, it's somewhat up to their own discretion. And a lot of times, if it's a younger guy who doesn't have as big of a network of people working with them, they might stay here and work out with the team, but other guys might go home.
0: Um, Let's uh, wrap up. We got uh, about two minutes here, uh, a little less, so we'll just keep it simple with our keys to a win. John, we'll start with you, and then we'll just go counterclockwise or clockwise, we'll end with me, but key to a win for the Seahawks against the Chargers on the road.
5: Offensively, just be a little more efficient in the key areas, like third down, red zone. Those are two things they've done pretty well most of the year, but struggled last week, and it hurt them a little bit offensively, and then I brought this up last week and they didn't listen. No more special teams disasters. How did they? Get, get why those. didn't they listen?
0: Do they not listen they to the huddle? They don't listen to
5: the huddle. It's That's so rude. Like, yeah, but seriously, like,
0: <laughs> we have all the I secrets. I feel like they've done
5: a lot of things really well on special teams this year, but it just gets really overshadowed by just these disastrous plays. Yeah, right? there was a fumble. There was a, a muffed punt. Two there touchdowns. Now. Four. It's basically yeah. they've given away four touchdowns on. Yep. You know, either the play was a touchdown or directly led to a touchdown.
1: Rusty Tillman, our defensive, uh, or he was our special team guy. The mm-hmm. you know the the late Rusty Tillman used to say, "You want to win a couple of games because of your your special teams, and you never want to lose mm-hmm. a game because of your special mm-hmm. teams." And yeah, that's a that's a big part of it. So yeah. I'll, uh, uh, you,
0: were you well, going to echo that, or do you want another key that you want? No, choose? I'm
1: going to I'm going to go with uh, I want to see a repeat performance from the defense. <laughs> I want to see that you know, and I think it'll be. Fairly easy to see. There was some confusion on who takes on what block, and now they're attacking. So that to me is what uh, what they need to do.
2: I'm just gonna say, be good in the back end. Um, yeah, Herbert loves to attack the middle of the field deep. I think this is the week that Quandre gets his first pick, there you go. and you got Mike Will, you got Kenny uh, Allen, you got a couple good tight ends just be solid in the back end.
0: Uh, I was gonna look at uh, eliminating some of those explosive plays. I think that is the biggest key to me, especially against uh, the chargers who haven't been like leading the league, but have the potential to do it. Um, I'm going to look offensively then and I'm going to say final key just as we wrap up here is just for the offense to be prepared for a shootout. I'm not worried about them after, you know, like 19 points is an entire team. I didn't leave that game feeling like, oh, no, can they keep it up? I feel good about the offense. Mm. I think this is going to be one of their bigger tests, certainly since week one and week two. Um, all right. So that is our uh, keys. And that has been the huddle. Thank you, John Boyle, Seahawks.com. Read John's work. Uh, and thank you, John, for joining us every single Thursday to wrap up the huddle. Uh, for. Dave Wyman for Michael Bumpus. I'm Stacey Ross. This has been The Huddle. Don't go anywhere.